So, you guys are so sweet. <clears throat> Every time I get up to speak, uh, I'm just amazed that the Spirit's moving through the worship. and It's just that y'all are a good crowd. Even before I start, you're a good crowd. Um, so, the title of the message today is Peace in the Midst. Um, and then you fill in the blank. Peace in the midst of whatever you're going through. It may be raising children, starting a new business, uh, trying to get to the mission field, sickness, grief, relationships, a struggling marriage, transition. And sometimes, silence. How can we find peace in the midst of these kinds of things? Where can we find peace when these events and uh, things come in our life? Well, Psalm 119 is all about the desire for peace with God. The psalmist longs to be in this blessed relationship. So I'm going to back up just eight verses and we'll start. I won't read the whole chapter. That's a joke. Um, just, uh, but I do want to back up eight verses because it gives us a glimpse. And if you notice, he's not saying he's achieved these eight verses. He's saying... I want to be like this. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, whose walk is in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in His ways. You've commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not be put to shame having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. So this is the desire of his heart. He wants this blessedness in his life, this peace to come to him. And these first eight verses sets up the question in verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? Well, Calvin says, verse 9, is really asking, like, how can anyone keep pure? It's like asking a young man who's just coming into learning to begin to make decisions on his own in, in life, being responsible for himself, with all the temptations that come with that, to how can he, even he, be pure? How can he be at peace with God? How can anyone be at peace with God? Well, the answer comes in the very next sentence, in verse 9. By guarding it according to your word. <clears throat> but guarding what? Guarding the purity, 
No. He's talking about guarding the young man's way, his path, his relationship. The result would be purity, but that's not what we're guarding. We're not guarding the purity. We're guarding the way which leads to the purity. The psalmist is talking about guarding the young man's way, your walk, your right relationship. And most importantly, and this is what I always struggle with, and I told Caroline ten times this week, I need to practice what I'm getting ready to preach on Sunday. Rightly understood relationship. Guarding the rightly understood relationship to God. So, what is that relationship? Well, some things that I've learned... He's the father, I'm the child, God is sovereign, and will make himself clear eventually. I can't think of a single time in my whole life where I was 100% certain of a certain direction that I was supposed to go. Usually when I get to about 51%, I begin to go. And that's okay. That's okay. Because sometimes we can't make heads or tails out of what God is saying to us. We, we think we hear, we, we feel like maybe this is the right direction, or maybe this is why this happened, or maybe... But we, none of us have arrived yet. We're all fallen. Allow God to be perfect for us. We don't have to be. We are spring-loaded to legalism. At least I know I am, and I know a lot of my friends are. Legalism meaning we have to do it ourselves. We have to earn God's favor. We, We do things to make God like us more. This is legalism, the opposite of grace. Be honest. I know my interpretation of this passage that we're going over today. How can a young man keep his way pure? By by keeping it according to your word. (sighs) More rules. Okay, I promise I'll do better at my quiet times. I promise. (sighs) More rules. Wait, more pressure, more you. That's not what this psalm is about. Richard Malm, he, M-A-L-M, he started a uh, mission sending agency called Commission to Every Nation, C-10. And I'm reading a book by him uh, with the same title, Commission to Every Nation. And I love the way he puts me, puts us in our place right away in this book. One quote from him that I, had, I giggled at in a warm, wonderful way. He said, God is never disappointed with you. 
Why? Because he never had any illusions about how perfect you were in the first place. But doesn't that make you feel good? To know that God knows all of our inadequacies. He knows that we are not good at listening to Him. That we don't always know the right thing to do. That we are fearful and anxious and worried. That we are not that good at following. Because sometimes it's hard to know His will. And that's okay. Because God is really good at leading. And He is leading you, and He's leading me at this very moment. Because you are His child. He has purchased you with all your inadequacies, my inadequacies. You are being sanctified. You will stand one day and give Him glory. Not because we made it. Not because we arrived. Not because we did enough of the right things where God put a check box, a check mark in the check box and say, let Him in. No. Because Jesus did everything needed. For the restoration of our good standing before God. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Not how holy and good I can be to prove my worth. Rather, how wonderful and gracious He is to be completely worthy for me. This is what we must guard this understanding of the correct gospel relationship that we have with our God. And as we yield to this understanding, as we stop trying to make happen what has already been done for us, the peace begins to come as we surrender, as we stop fighting the fight. It sounds counterintuitive, I know. But we are spring-loaded to fight and earn God's favor. But that's not the way it happens. Rather, the fight is to surrender control. That is the fight. To surrender control. And as we yield to this understanding, as we stop trying to make it happen, then it comes. Anxiousness leaves as we surrender. Manipulation leaves as we surrender. I cannot believe what a manipulator I am sometimes. 
I have this, I want to control this outcome. And so I'm over here thinking, if I say this to this person so that they say this to this person, so that they say this to this person, then this will happen. This is called manipulation. This is called you trying to control the outcome. I love spouses because they speak truth. Sometimes, and Caroline, she's just like, Mike, you need to forget about that money. It's God's. Right. And as you say, okay, to this or that, as you give it away, as you give it over, and you realize you're being placed in a lower and lower and lower position. You begin to get the tingles. You begin to get the Holy Spirit goosebumps because you are yielding to the Spirit and you are being placed where you should be, and that is not in control. As we leave the control to God, we find we begin to enjoy Him being in control. He is able to be in control. It's a good feeling to know that the one in control is okay with our inadequacies. And He still loves us. He still desires the relationship with us. And it becomes easier. It becomes easier to let Him have it. And that control, that desire, begins to leave us. And instead, what replaces is purity. Purity of wanting just Him in control. We cherish the purity of the relationship and we want to protect that. And we want to guard that. And I believe that this is what the psalmist had in mind when he penned verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. And why guard it? Because someone is after it. And by sabotaging your understanding of the true gospel position that you are in, He's in control, you're not. He saved you, you can't. By sabotaging that and saying, no, come here. You can fix this. You can fix this. It will benefit you. You can fix this. And meanwhile, Jesus is like, guard your understanding of the gospel relationship you are in. The enemy can steal by sabotaging that understanding. He can steal your clarity, your purity, and your peace. Isn't it amazing how foggy we can get just like that? 
I was so good yesterday. What happened? We live in a fallen world, and so it's around us all the time, which is why we have to soak in God's presence and be in that presence. So, now you've tasted that purity, that peace, that sweet surrender that takes away your anxiety. You don't want to lose it. With your whole heart, you want to keep it. You don't want to go back to wandering. And you don't want to go back to trying to be in control yourself. And so the psalmist says in verse 10, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. So what does he do? He does the only thing that we can do. He trusts in God's Word. Verse 11, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee or you. It's the first memory verse I had. Now, if you try to memorize Scripture to get God to like you, you're missing the whole point of this message. But if you put the Word of God in your heart so that it reminds you of the gospel that has been given to you, then you're right on. So I want to give you an example. 1 Corinthians 12, 18. God set the members in the body, every one of them, as it has pleased Him. That verse has bailed me out so many times because there are people in the body of Christ that are not perfect and that I struggle with and they probably struggle with me. And these are born-again brothers and sisters in Christ, I have no doubt. But yet, even brothers and sisters in Christ are different. Some are more methodical, list makers, kind of everything. Others are kind of more free spirit. And then they have to work together. And God uses these people sometimes to go like this to you. This has happened to me recently. And it's been really hard. And I've had to say to myself, God put the members in the body, every single one of them, as it has pleased Him. Every single one of you on the pastor search committee, as it has pleased God. Every elder, as it has pleased God. Every deacon, every member, as it has pleased God. Every child care worker, as it has pleased God. Every member on a mission field, as it has pleased God. What is God doing? Yep, taking Mike Miller back out of control. And putting it back on him. And when I finally do that again, oh, I can go to the beach and get out my chair and just soak in the sun and enjoy the waves and not fight. In my head all night long. I hope I'm not the only one that does that. The gospel. 
So allowing God to use His Word to put us back in our correct position, we can say, verse 12, Blessed are You, O Lord, teach me Your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of Your mouth. Verse 14, In the way of Your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. And then we think about what God has done. Verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I hope that I remember this horrible time of trying to get to the mission field. I hope that five years from now, when I'm on the mission field, I will remember and meditate on this experience where God put people in our lives to stop this and that, and I'm on this side of it, and I'm like, I am so glad He did that. Because I am so happy. Wow. It's hard to say that on this side of it, isn't it? I will meditate on your precepts. It brings delight. It brings joy. It brings peace. Verse 16, I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And I close with these two statements to hopefully let you walk out the door with, and then I'm, I'm going to pray. <clears throat> First statement. In summary of what I've been trying to say, a correct understanding of the gospel. And then surrendering to it brings peace. Two, guard that understanding with the word as we read it with surrendered hearts. Let's pray. Thank you for the gospel, Father. Thank you for being in control when we are not. Because we are not. For the things that happened to each of us this past week and this next week, we give it completely to you. And we allow you to take it from our hands. Thank you, God, that Jesus did everything for us. And we can do nothing else more to earn your love for us. Thank you, God, for the gospel. In the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.